Welcome back to Apologetics for Tweens. This is Tom Griffin. In this episode, I'd like to discuss the interesting question, is our mind part of our brain? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for everything you do for us, all our blessings, and especially for sending Jesus to save us from our sins. I pray that this message will reach all those who need to hear it, and that in hearing it, will help them recognize you in their lives and seek you in a deeper way than find you and believe. May everyone who already knows you, Lord, maintain their faith and be confident to share about you with others. Amen. Have you ever thought about the difference between your mind and your brain? Are they the same? Different? One is the cause of the other? Which way? Let's discuss this from my opinion based on studies that I've done and a little bit of common sense. Now, the go-to or default position for scientists, medical professionals, and certainly non-believers in general, is that our mind is part of our brain, or at least caused by our brain, or controlled by our brain. This is often referred to as upward causation. But in my view, I think there's good reason and evidence, actually, to believe that's wrong and that it's just the reverse. In my view, there is downward causation. Our mind controls our brain. Let's look at some definitions uh, of causation in general. This describes a physical principle that implies something beyond the realm of physics and whether the cause comes from outside the physics to the reality or from the reality to the physical world. Upward causation is from physical to reality. Downward causation is from reality to physical. Some might say rather than reality, we should use the term metaphysics, but that just means reality, essentially, whether it's physical or non-physical. Then materialism or naturalism. This is the go-to view by non-believers and atheists that only the material world exists and energy part of it. But they see those interchangeable, so it's really the same thing. In this view, our brain continually has chemical reactions that form our thoughts. This is also called reductionism. So our thoughts, or you could say our mind, as the result of random chemical reactions. Now, I ask you, if that's true, why should we believe any thought we have if it's from random chemical reactions? Why would we believe in God and that's wrong? Actually, no argument can stand if this is true. In fact, everything in our thoughts, whether ideas or free will, are merely an illusion, is what they say. And what is our brain? Our brain is the material substance inside our skull, composed of brain cells and billions of neurons that connect. It's where our memories are stored and emotions are processed. But does it include our mind? What is our mind? Our mind is our will, intentionality, emotions, thoughts, ideas, free will, Consciousness, self-awareness, it's not physical. Scientists will mostly say all these are illusions 
and that our thoughts, which is the main part of what we think of as the mind, are just the result of random chemical reactions, as discussed. If that were the case, why would we believe our thoughts? No, that's just silly and why that view is actually irrational. It seems to me we already have numerous examples of our mind controlling our body, which is downward causation. For example, our mind tells our body to move physically or to produce movement of some kind outside our body. And there are accepted principles of self-organization in a multi-level structure, such as a ribosome within the cell um, nucleus that organizes 330 different amino acids to form thousands of different proteins. Ideas and thoughts are put into verbal or written communications. That's downward causation. As far as our mind goes, it is our mental thoughts, ideas, and consciousness, thinking, feeling, choosing, intention, and will. Clearly, those are not physical. Our mind is the aliveness that we have, and without that, the brain is useless. Where do these thoughts come from? To say they're only random chemical reactions is irrational. If it's true, it negates any ability to develop factual knowledge or truth or ideas, beliefs of any kind. And certainly whatever is developed cannot be deemed right or wrong since it's a random chemical reaction. So as far as the answer to the question, where does the mind come from? It's obviously not material, and the DNA that creates every part of us already contains the mind, not only from conception, but preconception. Wow, it must exist somehow and somewhere outside the cell because the cell cannot form an evolved DNA. The DNA must exist prior to the cell. Yeah, sure, that's pretty mysterious, but God is mysterious. But our mind is a metaphysical reality that is unexplainable without God. God creates the ability for our mind to be embedded in DNA and is the source for all the information contained in DNA needed to build everything else. If you ask a neuroscientist, this is someone who studies the brain, what the difference is between mind and brain, they'll tell you the mind works through the brain, but it's separate from it. The mind uses the brain and the brain responds. We choose our actions and the brain is forced to comply. The thinking part is energy that creates thoughts, but that thoughts are actually physical structures made of proteins. Now, I'd like to see that explained and documented, that thoughts are a physical structure made of proteins. We already stated and everyone agreed that a thought is not material. So this concept is starting to mix the two together in an inappropriate manner. It seems cavalier and incoherent to me that they continually mix the idea of material and non-material as though it's all material. But that's what materialism is. What about this idea that the mind is a result of activity in the brain? The problem is that many documented and valid near-death experiences or NDEs, show that the mind can operate and does without the brain. 
Certainly not all NDEs that have been reported are valid and true, but there are some, many, that are undeniable and amazing. Let's look at one from a book written by Eben Alexander, a neurosurgeon himself. He was not a believer and certainly one who believed in upward causation. Well, Eben contracted a rare form of what they believe now was meningitis, and he went into a coma for two weeks, but there was no brain activity recorded whatsoever during this period of time. And it's during that period of time that he writes about in his book called Proof of Heaven, a very fascinating read. I recommend it. He describes immensely interesting and amazing experiences in a visit to what he believes was heaven. But whether you believe that in all his descriptions or not, it's a fact that his mind was completely active during this two-week period in spite of his brain being dead. And further, he remembered details about people present and conversations during this period of time when he was brain dead. Then when he amazingly woke up from his coma, he recovered and documented his belief in downward causation since he was an example of it. Now, it's not clear if he became a Christian or not, but his experience showed that the brain and mind are not only separate, but the mind is the control mechanism. Now, in my conversations with others, they claim that there must have actually been brain activity, but our instruments just weren't sensitive enough to pick it up. Well, you can talk to any doctor who has to declare if a patient is alive or dead, and they'll tell you they know when someone's dead. Another experience that I've heard Gary Habermas explain, due to his own fascination and study of NDEs, is of a woman who was declared dead in a hospital, but she explained later, after coming to again, that she had an out-of-body experience and her body floated above her. And during that experience, she was able to read and remember a serial number on a piece of equipment on top of a cabinet much higher up in the room and only visible if you were extremely tall. Well, she remembered the serial number after she woke up alive again, in spite of supposedly being dead. There are just too many of these documented and valid stories to ignore. In fact, the, uh, the well-known former atheist philosopher Thomas Nagel wrote a book because of his new belief that NDEs showed there was a spiritual realm and that atheism could not be true. His book is called Mind and Cosmos, Why the Materialist Neo-Darwinian Conception of Nature is Almost Certainly False. He has not yet converted to Christianity, but now sees reality as a sort of mysticism. It's unexplained, but beyond mere materialism. Another explanation for one of the theories in science about the principle of observation in quantum mechanics is, in fact, the mind. No, I'm not saying scientists support this idea, but it is a theory of what causes the principle of observation. And that principle has to do with merely observing particles under an electron microscope 
atomic particles and the fact that they move when observed. So somehow a mind looking at them causes them to move. Now, if a mind is indeed fully independent and designed and operates our world, that would explain a lot. Of course, none of this aspect is proven, but it's an interesting concept. Maybe one of you can explore this further someday when you become a scientist. Take care, my friends.